There's so much more to healthy living than green smoothies and your host for this podcast. Emma Jane Fry is here exclusively to help you go from someday to nailed it with your health, wellness, and lifestyle goals. Thanks so much for listening. Let's go. podcast for a very special health and wellness themed episode. I'm taking you to LA this week to meet Sterling Griffin. Sterling is the owner of the Wealthy Coach Academy and created a six-figure business in just seven months. During this interview, Sterling is completely transparent about what it took for him to get to that place and it really wasn't easy. He was homeless at one point, over $20,000 in debt and had to sell his car to meet his monthly payments. So whether you're looking to get fit and healthy, grow your business or learn a new skill, trying to educate yourself without guidance and not seeing any progress can really lead to self-doubt and setbacks can be demotivating. And something really valuable that I took from this interview is that personal transformations don't randomly occur. All of the above scenarios happen through a series of consistent, orderly steps over a period of time. And that's exactly what we're discussing in this week's podcast. So try and eliminate any distractions for the next 20 minutes. Stay present and enjoy. Hey Sterling, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to get to talk with you today. Now, I know that you built a six-figure coaching business in only seven months, but I also know that in 2016, you had around $60 in your bank account and you were sleeping on other people's sofas. So if you could let our listeners know a little bit more about that journey, that would be wonderful. Sure thing. Well, I was not the born entrepreneur. I don't know about you, Emma. I don't know about the people listening, if they're the people that had the landscaping company when they were eight years old, they're like selling the lemonade at, you know, one and a half years old before they could talk, they were selling. That was not me. I was the guy that honestly believed I would always work for other people. I always thought that I would end up either being a server, making 20 grand a year, working a marketing job somewhere, 30 grand a year, but I would never work for myself. And so once I got out of college and I moved out to Los Angeles because I just wanted to, I wanted to live in a place where there were other entrepreneurs hanging out. There were, um, this is like the land of dreams over here in Los Angeles. I don't know if you've ever been to Los Angeles. I know that you're in the UK, but I just believe that if I was around dreamers, maybe I would start to dream a little bit bigger too. And so I actually started a door-to-door sales company after working in door-to-door sales, which is like, by the way, the toughest job in the world. I was selling solar panels. I was actually going house to house. I don't know if you've seen the solar panels. I put them on the roofs and they create electricity for for people's homes. Well, that's not too, at least it's kind of environmentally friendly. It's something nice. Well, it was a positive product, but this, the medium of selling was not was not very good. I mean, you're invading people's personal space. That's what door-to-door selling is. Yeah. So it was a tough emotional job. And I, I thought after doing it for a few months, you know what? Why don't I just cut out the middleman? Instead of being paid by a company, I'll get paid directly by customers, by my own company. And it'll, it'll be just as easy and it'll be more profitable. So that was... Suffice to say, I spent a year doing that. It was the hardest year of my life. I was not a good business person. I was brand new to it. No experience, no family experience. All of that led to me becoming homeless and running completely out of money, being $20,000 in debt and resetting, reevaluating what I was going to do with my life. And this is where you mentioned at the beginning, I was sleeping on other people's stories, $60 in bank account. that's, That's where really my story as a coach begins because at that time, I started looking for answers. 
And one of my friends that I'd met through this entrepreneurial networking group was what I found out to be an online fitness coach. It's very simple work. All he did was create online workout programs, fitness plans, eating plans. And then he would get on the phone with clients once a week for 15, 20 minutes, coach them, and he would be paid $1,000 every eight weeks with each client. And I thought to myself, dang, well, how much you make it per month? He's like between four and $6,000. And that to me felt like a million dollars. Working six to 10 hours a week was such an incredible proposition. So I thought I got to figure out how to do this. So over my first few months of trying to do this, I had had a dramatic fitness transformation, by the way, although I'd never been a personal personal trainer, I had lots of people ask me, well, how, how did you transform your body? So that's why I thought I could do this. In the first few months, I struggled. I mean, it was, again, I was still trying to do the entrepreneur game without having a mentor, without having support, without following a proven model. My friend didn't want to mentor me. He was like, you know, I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. Best wishes. And are you still on sofas at this point? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. I was making about $1,000 a month. I figured out enough to get one client per month. But living in Los Angeles on $1,000 a month is a recipe to, to be pretty much stuck. Yeah, I didn't it, can't, have- it can't be fun. No, no, no. It's not. I mean, I, what I would eat in a given week is I would go to the local grocery store here I'd buy a rotisserie chicken, I'd buy a bag of white rice and, and some, some frozen vegetables and like a bag of frozen vegetables like broccoli or carrots or things. And that was what I ate for the week. Like that's all that I could afford. Sometimes friends would invite me to have a meal here and there two, three times a week. But I mean, it was, it was not easy, but I, I had this dream. I had this dream of if he could do it, if my friend Ryan could do it, I could do it. And I'm going to figure it out. Around that time, I met somebody in the entrepreneurial world. There's lots of them out here in Los Angeles. He said, well, I know this guy who helps fitness coaches grow online businesses, grow that he's a business coach for them. I thought that's exactly what I need. What made the biggest difference for me in transforming my body was a fitness coach. What will make the biggest difference in me growing my business is a business coach. So I went into even further into debt, Emma. I was like, (laughs) I was like, if I'm going to get out of debt, I need to go further into debt first. You know, logical thinking. And, and was so, it terrifying? At that point, you must so have been terrifying. absolutely yeah. terrified. Because, it, because honestly, it just felt like I was, going, I was digging myself into a deeper hole. I'm like, I've tried this before. It didn't work. Why am I trying it again? But for whatever reason, I just believed that if I could be given the blueprint to grow a business, I would do whatever it takes to make it happen. So I borrowed money from my dad even. He was not happy about it. But I, I didn't have enough room on any more credit cards. I was All my credit cards were maxed out and late on payments. So the, there was no other credit card companies that would give me another one. And so my dad ended up funding my latest debt, you might say. The bank of, the bank of mom and dad. The bank of mom and dad. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Personal loan. Thankfully, no interest on this loan, this particular one. So... I go, I, I make this investment. I go all in with this coach. The next month, March, 2016, I make $4,000 in my fitness coaching business. It was a radical difference. I did everything he said to do. However, the next month, I didn't have enough money to make the second payment to him, which was $2,500. I had to pay rent. I was paying for a little bit more food this month. I paid off some other more pressing debts and I didn't have enough money to make the second payment. At that time, I'm the only asset I had left that I could leverage to make that second payment was my car. I remember looking outside and thinking myself, looking outside at my car from where I was staying and asking myself, what does a car really represent? And I realized in a word, it was freedom. Car represents the ability to get around, go from place to place. Then I thought deeper and I said, what if instead it's the illusion of freedom and I could give it up and gain instead what's really real freedom, that's the ability to create income on demand. I could let go of working with the coach and try and figure it out on my own, but that mindset is what had kept me stuck for so long. 
I needed to, again, invest, do whatever it took. So can you guess what I did, Emma? Well, I can't guess what you did, but I have to say quickly at this point, I'm really glad that you said your car at that point because you said the only thing I had left and I really thought you were going to say it was my body or myself and I thought oh I wonder where this the conversation the only thing I had left to sell was right my body into prostitution and he said yes. my car <laughs> <laughs> no so where is it going next Sterling well I sold my car so that I could pay my coach at that time I'm holding on to my chair now because it's yeah. painful selling a vehicle yeah. Well, it was, and it was the, it was the last thing that I had. I mean, if, if, if this didn't work out with the car, I would end up homeless again and, and a worse place. Cause I'd have even more debt and not even an ability to go from place to place anymore, which I did when I was homeless the previous time. I at least still had my car. I was, I was still able to sleep in my car at times, but I was, I would, I was essentially going all in on, on having an online business. And thankfully that next month, again, whether it was just sheer commitment or it was learning new things from the coach or whatever that next month I made $12,000 and I stayed at that earning level between 12 and 19,000 over the next five months to form a six-figure business in my first seven months so that's how I got the six-figure fitness coaching business and at that time people started asking me well Sterling like how did you do this can you show me how to do this can you show me how to build a fitness coaching business that's profitable and at first I don't know if you've ever been successful at something Emma where people ask you how you do it and your first reaction, you're probably much more giving hearted than me. But my first reaction was, no, I'm not telling you shit. I'm going to keep the secrets to myself <laughs> for me. It's mine. I'm not giving it's mine. Away. Yeah, this is mine. But then I realized that if I actually did want to help transform people's bodies around the world, which is my mission at that time, then it would probably be easier for me to help people around the world get fitter if I was helping personal trainers and fitness coaches grow their businesses. Because if there's more profitable people training others, then that means more people are getting trained. So that's what led to the birth of what I do now, which is the Wealthy Coach Academy. It's an online school I created. It helps personal trainers create six-figure businesses within 90 days or less. So that's how we're, that's how we're here. That's, that's how, how we're here. here. Now, this is the point that I think with your story – and it is, is really fascinating. And I'd like to almost go back to, you know, the, the jump between sleeping on sofas and then, yeah. you know, having a six-figure coaching business. Yeah. What, what do you think that, that personal confidence plays a big part in that there somewhere? Because I know you probably coach quite a lot of women, do you, I presume? Yeah, I do. I work and coach also, you know, I work with a lot of women in different capacities and I coach, you know, quite more more women than men anyway. And statistically, unfortunately, we know that confidence tends to be um, and self-belief tends to be lower in women than it actually is in men. So I'm really, really interested in your perspective on that was really brutal. You know, the experience you had going from couches to, you know, becoming a successful entrepreneur sounded you know it's tough it sounded fairly brutal and I'd love to know what part you think confidence plays in all of that and maybe how you know how you gain confidence yourself it's interesting I I think that confidence personally is less necessary to future success than quite a few other traits in fact I think of confidence I do have confidence now but I didn't necessarily have confidence in my own ability to run a business when I decided I would do it. 
Yeah. I decided I would give my best shot. And I simply, I just made the commitment to be persistent to figure it out. Now, I think the confidence in my life today is more a consequence of what I've already done rather than a prerequisite to me doing something okay. new. So I'm now confident in my ability to run a business because I did it, because I have one, because I'm confident in my ability to help another coach grow a successful business because I have dozens of coaches who've gone full time doing what they love as a result of the program. I will say this though, I will say this. Confidence for me, when I decided that I would run a business, if, if I had any level of confidence in my life, it came from my having already accomplished a transformation in my body, okay? So yeah. I looked at the, what other areas of my life have I achieved what I felt was an improbable goal, and how can I bring that same level of certainty that I brought in that area, how can I bring it here too? How can I bring it to my business? And, and I had the, the idea that if I did it with my body, I can do it with my business. Now, was that, is that necessarily true in the absolute sense of the word true? No, like it could have been really bad and ended up horrible for me, even worse than it was at one point. But I just kind of had this crazy belief that if I did it there, I can do it here. I think the reason why most people either stay stuck or don't grow or don't achieve their goals is a couple of reasons. Number one is because they don't focus on what they want. They focus on their own inadequacies. Instead, they focus on their own shortcomings, of which we all have many shortcomings, weaknesses, yeah. insecurities, and so on. They don't focus on what they want. And if they do focus on what they want, they are not focused on how they've already achieved or done certain things in other areas of their life that would allow them to have fuel to achieve the next thing too. I'm just thinking to almost to kind of summarize that from what I can, from my side, like from listening to your story, it sounds like confidence is essentially a consequence of taking action. Yes. And we could, That's anybody it. could apply that to anything they're trying to do. So yes. Okay, so anybody listening right now, if you are in a place and you are trying to, you know, either you're trying to follow an interest or maybe there's something, you know, that is, is a bit scary, is a bit nerve-wracking for you, confidence is a consequence of taking action. And would you, would you have any more kind of actionable suggestions for people from, you know, that are looking to go from one place to another place in their lives and their businesses, you know, wherever that may be. Here's also one, one thing I think about. So I'll give you an example of a client who I've brought, who was like very insecure, didn't believe she could do it, grow her business and all of that to, she had a very, she had a very different experience when she joined her program. Like she was a six years being an online fitness coach and, and still not making any more than $1,500 a month. Again, it's very hard to live on $1,500 a month or, yeah. or less. That was the max she was making. She was like, I'm, I'm basically done. I'm giving up my dream of being an online fitness coach full time because if I'm six years in and I'm still struggling, like I, I don't see, I don't see a brighter future. I don't have confidence in my ability to do anything different. Yeah. But then she heard my story and heard some of the stories of my clients. She decided to, this was literally like she made the decision to quit. The next day she heard my story. She decided to join the wealthy coach Academy. And then I want to say it was four, yeah, four weeks. She made $13,500 using our methods without a big audience, without using paid advertisements and all this fancy stuff that a lot of gurus say that you need. But the reason why she believed that it would work a day after quitting when she'd lost all confidence is because she heard story after story after story of people that were in her position, her exact position, who had grown their businesses using these methods. So what gave her confidence was not her own results. 
She simply looked at people who had similar results to her before joining. And then that gave her the mindset of, if they can do it, I can do it. You see, people have the choice to gain confidence because they can look at what other people achieve and they can say, oh, it must be so easy for them, which is focusing on their own lack. Or they can say, if they can do it, I can do it, focusing on their opportunity. So confidence comes as a result of whatever you focus on. Kayla, in this example, is, is, my, is my client. She decided that because others did it, she could do it too. If they took action and it worked, it would work for her. I think that's actually a really important lesson, you know, to, to find somebody that's gone before you. Yeah. So what are you, what are you working on right now, Stella? Well, it's a great question. What am I working on next? I'm working on, on several things. I always have lots of different projects. I'm, I'm a person, I don't know about you, but I'm a dreamer. I love like seeing the future and then bring into reality. So I'm really honestly focused only on two things. Number one, how can I make the Wealthy Coach Academy the most extraordinary place to help online coaches scale their businesses online? How can I make it the best opportunity for people that want to build a six-figure coaching business in 90 days, the place to be? Number two, I'm also focused on reaching a much larger audience, making personal development fun, engaging, and honestly, entertainment, entertaining through my YouTube channel. It is very entertaining. Oh, thank you. Thank you very <laughs> much. It's a lot of fun. So we just have time for the lightning round. Now, you just have to fill in the blanks here. So my favorite book, tool, or resource is? 100% The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Best book I've ever read. I've read it probably five or six times. I listen to it on audio all the time. It helped me believe that success was possible for me. Someone that historically was broke, was out of shape, had poor relationships, was unfulfilled, couldn't connect with people like my whole life. That book gave me hope that, that, I, could, that I could become successful in the sense of the word meaning I could create the life that I most dreamed of. That, that book changed everything. I love the, I love that about books in general. Like you said, you know that book gave me the hope. I love that. I love that books can take us to that place. It's wonderful. Um, okay, so the best advice I ever received was I think of a time when I was twelve years old and I was looking at the mirror on one morning before school, and I was no. It was this weird time in life where parts of my body had grown fully, and then others kind of lagged behind. <laughs> Kind of like this weird, like, puberty stage. And my head had grown to the size that it is today as a full-grown man. But my body was, like, still two-thirds the frame that it is today. So I had this strange-looking bobblehead, like, figure going on. Like, my head was kind of, like, way too big for my body. And I remember looking in the mirror and feeling sorry for myself, to be honest with you. Just being like, why would anyone want to talk to me, be friends with me, whatever. At that moment, my mom walked by. And she said, how do you stop for school? We've got to go. And I was like, mom, I don't, I don't know if I can go to school. Like, I just feel so crappy about myself today. She's asked why I told her what I told you. And she said these words, which I'll never forget, which, which honestly was like the start of me having just the smallest bit of confidence. I didn't realize the value of this for many years. Yeah. But she said to me, don't worry, honey, you'll grow into it. <laughs> don't worry, you'll grow into it. Now she meant physically my body would grow, but the meaning of that was so much deeper for me. Now I I reflect on is like all of the, the ways in which I feel like I'm not enough or I, I'm not, I won't be able to do what I achieve or what I dream of or what I want to see happen. Well, I won't be able to help people level. I'm not good enough. All of that 
if I simply set the intention to eventually become that, to work on myself just a little bit every day, then one day I'll wake up and I'll have grown into the person that I most need to be. So don't worry. You'll grow into Go into it. I love that. Best purchase for under $100. I think that for me, the best purchase that I can think of in this moment was a $1.99 app that I bought for my iPhone. It's called the Gratitude Journal. And it, and it was the single most important app that contributed to my personal happiness, which I'm a very happy person and not necessarily by nature. I've worked on it. I've become a happy person. And the gratitude journal is a very simple app. All it does is it just gives you the ability to make a list, typing out a list. And the only prompt it gives you is what are you grateful for? And every day for years, I started, I use a journal where I actually write it out physically now, which is also less than a hundred dollars, but that's what first got me in the habit of noticing what's good in my life. I feel like our brains are so trained to notice what's wrong. Just always notice, always living in reaction to what's not right all around us. That, that's the kind of evolutionary trait though, isn't it? You know, our, our, yes, our brains survival. are essentially trying to keep our bodies safe so we yes. have to, but we have obviously advanced to to an extent that we have to override that to certain levels, don't we? Yes, I think in the modern world we're not. I'm not going to be eaten by a dinosaur. Like it's not like that. There's much the things that we pay attention to now is this, that we feel afraid of that we're going to die or whatever. Is our brain inventing things to be afraid of? And I think that we'd be much more happier, much more focused, productive, etc if we simply notice what's good. And I'm not going to say for everyone. I'm simply saying that's what's happened for me. Focus on gratitude. <gasps> I wonder if I put post-it notes up around the office tomorrow, you're not going to be eaten by a dinosaur if it would make people stress less. <laughs> which well, maybe it would make them stress more because you would, it would be in there like you'll not be eaten by a dinosaur. Our brains will just notice the words eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> eaten by, yeah, probably. Probably will yeah. actually. Yeah. That might be a conversation for a whole other time. <laughs> right. A personal habit that contributes to my success is? Is I set my intention for my day every single day. I set a clear intention. What three things, no more than three, because if I think about more than three things I want to get done in a day, I just get overwhelmed. And I set three things that I want to make happen in a given day. And then I link those three things to bigger goals that I want to see happen in my life. I think the reason why I, I am able to make happen things in my life is simply because I decide what I want. So that habit yeah. of simply deciding what I want, what my intention is, huge. Wonderful. Do you have a favorite quote? This one by Winston Churchill is pretty simple, but I, I think about it a lot when times get tough and, and that's, if you're going through hell, keep going. Yes. Another related one that he would say is never, ever, ever give up. It's quoted with both of those. Yeah. So, yeah. Wonderful. So as always, I will leave all of the links and the information in the show notes, but if people want to find out more about your work, where should they go? Just Sterling Griffin. You search Sterling Griffin online, social media, my website, SterlingGriffin.com. That's where you'll find it. Wonderful. I hope you've loved this episode. Definitely go and check out Sterling's website and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Sunday to Nailed It podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sunday to Nailed It podcast. For free resources and show notes, visit www.emmajanefry.com.